With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. All right, welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. We are, I'm sorry that we started a little bit late. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties, uh, from there, but nonetheless, my name is Jamie. It's Tuesday, June 27, 2023. Welcome everyone. How is everyone doing? That's good. So now we have a special guest. She is host of the Blue, Blues Divas podcast. Wherever you get your podcast at, her name is Aaron Scott. Let's welcome Eric Scott to the show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we had to get some technical stuff out. <laughs> like I said, you're seeing me from the kitchen and I'm embarrassed from that. I have been all over Central and East Co- Eastern time zones, so this I is see. also why we had technical difficulties. No wonder. In Central time zone, I am a third generation Texan. Okay. I've been in Mississippi, and we talk. You found me because mm-hmm. I went to Ole Miss for a second okay. master's, okay. and we're going to talk. I'll throw little pieces out. We'll backtrack about last hey. year, okay. Ole Miss winning nationals for the yes baseball and stuff like that. So okay. yeah, that sounds good. Go with that. Okay. <laughs> but that's what we'll talk about last night's yes. game and things yeah, like that. For sure. But I have a question to ask you. Uh, uh, so I was looking at your profiles on social media. I was like, <laughs> and what did you I was find? Like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 one of the things, one of the things I had, I had to prove on is, is look at other people's stuff, you know, not like, not uh-huh. like being creeper and all that stuff, but look at their stuff and see, you know, if I can relate to them. And you live in Austin, but yet your time code says one o'clock. So I was born in Austin. Okay, cool. But, um, but I grew up in, in North Fort Worth, so, so I'm interested to know, do you live in Austin or, because you said it is an hour, I, I know Austin's not an hour and a half, or if I'm mistaken, yeah. or they changed their times a little bit, because I haven't been in Austin like in five years. Right. Yes. I, like I said, third generation Texan. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom says don't be birthed, but yes, I was delivered by the same doctor as my mother. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fun fact. Okay. Uh, and I moved back, went to Ole Miss and mm. then moved to Austin for potential work that okay. did not, for a podcast that did not come through. Oh my and gosh. then everyone knows if you listen to other things. 
and even my podcast, I had a rare bacterial infection Ooh. that uh, gave me organ failure, and oh I've been in recovery, and I'm here now, and people don't really I'm glad you're here. That, yes, it'll be coming on eight years. Eight years. Eight wow. years Thanksgiving that I walked into the hospital uh-huh. in South Austin. Okay. And they thought I only had flu-like symptoms and sent me home. And then my mother found me mm-hmm. conscious and pretty much with organ failure, you know, wow. around, you know, eight wow. days later. So, give wow. or take that one. So, that's how that's what, that's what happened. So... Mm-hmm. And then the next year, going from South, yeah, yeah, we were South, still Austin. Uh, they've changed it up by the whip in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was seventy one before all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirty five and I thirty five and seventy one. Uh-huh. We hit by an eighteen wheeler and picked and moved a quarter of a mile and over three lanes of traffic. Oh, and he would have tried to make it a hit and run if you know he could have, but he didn't. Right. That happened on that. So I've oh, seen death gosh. a couple times. So yeah. Oh, and I've just kept Austin as uh, the deal because yeah. I don't know. I thought Savannah would be my last stop, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit two weeks after I moved back to Savannah because I won't pop up here. Yeah. <laughs> COVID changes everything, you know. Um, Everyone's had a COVID but, miss story. Yes, it yes, changes everything. Yeah, definitely this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to get to your old Miss stuff. Yeah, so you let's said do that. you got to your you so you said you if I heard you correctly you graduated from Ole Miss. Yes. So I want to know I want to I want can you speak on that old Ole Miss experience a little bit? Ole Miss. Your I experience. was in Southern Studies. They didn't quite get what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Because I worked for the show Marketplace, and yeah. we joked about we a lot of us had were doing a business uh, show without mm-hmm. a business degree, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do more journalism and stuff, and they wouldn't let me do pieces, mm-hmm. uh, audio pieces. I was an audio producer, mm-hmm. and so I was like, well, my friend who was a host. Mm-hmm went to Kentucky and got an equine management degree and then mm-hmm. started doing magazine okay. and for the Pollock Report. And so I saw Ole Miss had a Southern Studies program for two mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, hey, they have a documentary, so mm-hmm. I can kind of do journalism without getting a journalism <laughs> degree. <laughs> and it was great. All the pieces worked out, even though they didn't get me. I mm-hmm. met through the journalism school and a magazine class that they let me take, and it went all down through the Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, he was... Uh, and he had, he had moved to Miami but come mm-hmm. retired and came back, and they brought him into the journalism school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Rose, uh, he only says he had won, has won one only, and eh, Pulitzer Prize, uh, mm-hmm. but he's won multiple prizes wow. in his uh, journalism life. Mm-hmm. So it all worked out. It was, well, good. It was a good deal. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out and all this stuff. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I ended up doing. I always had a love because in high school, instead of doing Nirvana and Garage Band stuff, mm-hmm. my school, high school, did. Uh, we won jazz competition four years in a row. Nice. 
And instead of doing, like I said, backtracking to instead of garage band Nirvana and things, mm-hmm. we all love Steve Ray Vaughan and B.B. King with okay. Clapton and all that. So we played yes. the blues. And okay. so I just got love for the blues. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got to Mississippi, I was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is that is that a blues state? Can, can, can we... Can we can we can we make that a blues state? Because I I because you might have to educate me on on your on your blues because I listened to your podcast four <laughs> interviews four yeah. interviews four to five interviews that you had mm-hmm. and I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm 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 sorry to learn blues stuff. Okay, but can you expand on that the for me? The first season of traveling down the Delta Blues Highway. Mm-hmm. Kind of my, well, eh, sort of taken off my thesis of repurposed gas station food, which right. was because <laughs> a lot of tobacco was declining, mm-hmm. and so gas stations were hurting, and okay. chefs needed and wanted to be with their families, and mm-hmm. this was a great, great location, and they could combine right. and the franchises, and they weren't franchises. And plus, Mississippi just... They don't have the interstates, per se. Mm -hmm. So it's a great combination. And then I had all this tape and wanted to write a travel book. And everyone was like, ah, podcast. And I hate the term podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have one. (laughs) I know. And my boss from Marketplace said, Aaron, times are changing. Look at Netflix. Everyone wants to listen when they want to listen. He said, you're going to have to suck it up and just own podcasts. And also, they said, everyone told me you don't have enough pages and words to do a book. Mm. And I didn't want to self-publish and blah, blah, blah. So the podcast, Traveling Down the Delta Blues Highway, was the first thing that I did. And it was during COVID as well. And so it was just like, once you came, started to come in. And a lot of people with the blues, blues fans, mm-hmm. are coming from Australia after what? COVID. Because um, they're the biggest fans wow. in the UK and Europe. And so they can listen and then, you know, be like, hey, I know you when they walk <laughs> in wherever they go. Wow. And now uh, somebody said when I drove from Savannah to Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone said in Clarksdale, because I know they're like family every time I go to Clarksdale, mm-hmm. this woman said, you really should, there's a niche to do blues uh, women and mm-hmm. artists. So right now I'm focusing on blues divas. And, okay. you know, but as you know, yes. producing yes. and doing five jobs as one person. I, is heard, a, I heard that part. it's it's a lot (laughs) now you have family in the arkansas area i want to talk about your arkansas fan uncle can you explain (laughs) that please he's on texas he's he's from texarkana texarkana Mm-hmm. Okay. So just on the line of Arkansas, he went to Henderson State. I don't know why. He's a big Razorback fan. But, yes, last year we were a house divided for a little bit because mm-hmm. of Ole Miss, Arkansas. Yes. And so, yes, I told you before in pre-production that, yes, mm-hmm. we were house divided and yeah, kind of texting back and forth mm-hmm. last year when Ole Miss was playing Arkansas. Oh, my The gosh. deal was... 
was Got that nice was it. when a game was very separated in how many uh, hits or runs mm. were on. And I made the point, well, because the Savannah Bananas, where I am right now, were still a farm league team. And okay. usually farm league teams will stop playing mm. after 10 run deficiency or discrepancies. Uh, what's it and, yeah. uh, 10 run run rule? Yeah, like yeah, or differences. Yeah. And he's like, why aren't they calling this game? This is horrible. And I've made the point through texting, of course, that because we were still watching, <laughs> that, uh, that the, every boy, you're in a series. You know, they're not going to the full series, of course, mm -hmm. but they need the stats. Mm -hmm. This has become, people don't realize, or maybe they are now becoming to realize, that mm -hmm. just like... Uh, football, mm -hmm. baseball has become a recruiting thing. Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, you're kind of preseason or you're mm -hmm. pre, you know, to going to the pros. Mm -hmm. So right. you need your numbers, you need things like that. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. I did not know because I really wasn't going to follow this until you connected with me <laughs> that LSU was one boy with LSU. He actually was recruited right out of senior year of high school, and he said, "No, uh, I want the high college experience." And so he's what? waiting to go, or he'll, you know, wait and go to the what we call the show because mm -hmm. I love Bull Durham, but that's the show. Bull and Durham. even being in Austin eating at Torchy's Tacos, mm -hmm. it was weird hearing four boys eating tacos saying, "Well, so and so may be going to the show, and this one's," and I'm like. How early can you go to the show? And does that mean mm -hmm. the top pros? Are you going to triple league, minor league, you know, you know, single? Yeah, you know, I don't know. So yeah, it was <laughs> Yeah. So what what's 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 the show? And even I had to research I think sing, uh NCAA yeah. is different how old you can be right. up into the age of Playing football right. and playing baseball. Don't quote me on that. Those that's, are air quotes. Uh, yes. I mean that, that's that's interesting to me because we just had a, a thirty year old quarterback at UNT. See, I went to UNT okay. back in two thousand eight, two thousand eleven, and we had a thirty year old. Well, not at that time, but this past season we had a thirty year old quarterback playing for our team. So he started in the minor leagues mm -hmm. for the Yankees back in the day. Can't remember what year it was. And oh, then he, he then he uh played at, he played at UNC from 2020 to 2022. So so the age of college college sports is changing. You know, these these guys or girls that they're coming they're coming in, they're going to play minor league baseball, whatever they're going to do and then take the college route and into their later 20s and go from there or my early 30s and go from there. You've lost you know you're not going to go anywhere. You may need that business degree or something else. So, yeah, why not go back and go back? That's true. I and mean, I went to Ole Miss to get my second mm -hmm. master's. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, but then I was like, well, I get a, I probably would have gotten a scholarship, but mm -hmm. I didn't want to do – I didn't know what kind of work it would be. Right. Uh, I would have probably been one of the top uh, rifle 
in uh, mm-hmm. yeah the comp- competition because mm-hmm. I'm that good. I uh, shot trap and was really good and was looking mm-hmm. at rifle at Ole Miss because they have mm-hmm. that program at Ole Miss and they're one of the best probably in the nation for that. Uh, so okay. that's kind of off the record or off the know. sidebar. It's, but, all, yeah. it's all good <laughs> because it goes it goes into my next question about this first baseman <laughs> that went pro for mm-hmm. Ole Miss. So you had tape on him. Can you tell us what what you see from the old Miss first baseman that went pro? <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to find him and things. Uh, I haven't done a lot of research mm-hmm. on him per se. Mm-hmm. What I did, let me try and find her real quick now that you put me on. Uh, <laughs> let me read Joanne's thing because she's one of my best friends mm-hmm. that I worked with. Mm-hmm. And I said, first of all, I looked up, because I wanted to go to Omaha last year, and I think I had to be in Austin for doctors or something, you know, who knows what, because I was, you know, the princess, I'm the only, it's my brother and me, so I'm the princess per se, and I'd be like, (laughs) Daddy, book Omaha tickets, we're going, and I'll sit with Joanne, and, uh... (laughs) I asked her what happened because I looked at Omaha tickets this year mm-hmm. and they looked really cheap, but I was wondering, That's are people gouging them or what? And I asked her about last year mm-hmm. and she said, this is her, I'll read exactly what she wrote me. Okay. I know that all the people actually from Omaha were complaining. Mm-hmm. This is about last year. Okay. They said every other year you could wait until an hour before the game and grab good tickets for cheap. There were no cheap tickets this year. Wow. So uh, wow, this that's year. interesting. That that would have been nice. I have it, friends it true. who spent a thousand plus on like sweet tickets. A thousand plus. Uh-huh. Wow. I waited in sports. line. So this is her last year. I waited uh-huh. in line for hours uh-huh. and got standing room tickets. Wow. The sound was incredible. Hey, it must be a great experience, you know, oh, you yeah. know being at the standing room and all that stuff. <laughs> Definitely uh, the loudest baseball game I have ever been mm-hmm. to. And amazing that I felt like a home game with such a majority of Ole Miss fans. Right. Okay. On that point, I'll stop right there with her for a moment and say I loved watching, because I couldn't be there, ESPN, a female commentator, said Mm. because all Ole Miss fans were wearing blue or red or whatever was supposed to be worn, Mm -hmm. wearing them. Okay. Somebody, a commentator on ESPN said, is all of Oxford in Omaha right now? (laughs) (laughs) That surprised me last night, not seeing all the color because of that. Because, you know, even being in Austin, Mm Everyone wears orange, you know, the orange. So I was just like, the orange. What? What? Why aren't they wearing the colors? But anyway, okay, back to her reading. The loudest Mm. moments, uh, the moments were those three home runs in a row Mm. in the first game. Wow. People were throwing beer showers and going nuts. And then obviously after we finally won it, Uh my husband cried. (laughs) (laughs) 
And what we're known for, which my dad was like, what is going on in right field? <laughs> I'm like, that's Red Cup Nation, Dad. Mm. And yes, I never did. I documented it before it started. So I took mm. some photographs for a documentary class or yeah, something. That's funny. But yes, I actually, <laughs> when my mentor and Pulitzer Prize winner guy said, when I he's, didn't have his season tickets, mm. I got his tickets. Mm-hmm. Because I was not going to do Red Cup Nation. Red Cup Nation. Wow, that's but, funny. I never heard that before. You no, know, I'm on the fence of student and teacher at that <laughs> point. And so I'm like, I'm not going to stand with these, quote, kids, even though they were my best friends, and throw beer when <laughs> we get a home run. So, no. But obviously... Even oh though goodness. Omaha people were able to, and this was, I think, even last year was mm-hmm. the first year. I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. But, yes, there was no one here. <laughs> so, yes, that apparently this, this game, and, yes, even with the Nationals, mm-hmm. it did not look like no beer was thrown anywhere with the Nationals last night. Well, so, I, yes. I don't know. <laughs> speaking of that, I don't know what LSU celebrates. You know, with all those hits they were hitting last night, and then they had the one home run. I don't know. I don't know what they celebrate with. So they tr- did sing a lot, state and just just LSU, LSU, and just do the mantra. It was interesting. I also the biggest thing that I was well because I'm in a carriage house i'm a i live above a two-car garage Mm -hmm. in the historic district Mm -hmm. and so my neighbors in the big house could probably hear me yelling Mm -hmm. was when and i don't know his name and it was eh, (laughs) probably in the seventh or eighth inning Mm -hmm. when lsu are Maybe center fielder mm-hmm. caught the ball on the wall. Oh, uh, that was uh, Dylan Cruz. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Cruz. Cruz. Oh, yeah. And then he caught the next ball after that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where okay. I always say it's in the pocket. I don't know what other commentators say. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was second uh, base and that. And he's like, no, it's me. I got it. I got yeah. it. I got it. And I was just like, boy, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And now he he goes to the league and was was a lot of momentum by, by his side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Cruz was a good one last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. The biggest thing too, I'm going to backtrack was, <laughs> and you're going to have to name the name. Okay. We had two guys take hits for the team. Take <laughs> Can hits you name for the, the team. <laughs> Hitters. I can't think of the names. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of the names on top of my head. Yeah, somebody's really <laughs> healthy though. But I was just like, he was happy. He almost like did a yeehaw for taking a hit for the team because we got to walk on, uh, 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 yeah, base. Yeah, uh, do what you got to do to stay, stay on the team. And I'm like, <laughs> he took a hit, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you do what you got to do to stay on the on the on the team and all that stuff. So, well, it's so. not even, quote taking a hit because I'm even going to go back to let's back that back where <laughs> Texas Stanford before mm. that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh! Uh, first of all, 
that kid just cry, almost crying, feeling yeah. bad. Right. I feel like that call where they said he, the one kid on Texas where he intentionally took a hit and leaned in. Yes. I think that pretty much hurt us as yeah. UT Austin people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, what hurt, what, what hurt was the, uh, what was the, was the ball, what was the ball was the lighting because you can't, because when the Stanford got the hit, it, it was, yes. the light at the, the end, he was supposed to, well, it was just too much lighting. So it was just unfortunate that it had to happen that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I, I don't know what, he, what, what you do at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that first was, yes. You had somebody watching and, you know, looking at the video, which yes. is something new, which I'm kind of like, eh, yeah. Replay. Replay for the call. And mm. then, yes, that last one, we couldn't have done anything about it. No. But, yes, it was, no. it, that was heartbreaking. Just because as, as the Duke, because uh, I only watched March Madness, mm-hmm. uh, the retired Duke, uh, uh, coach says they're just uh, kids you got to remember they're just kids yes and that's what kind of amazes me watching <laughs> like you said you've got a 30-year quarterback now it amazes me <laughs> the, well, we don't have him anymore he, he he moved on he said he wanted to go to the nfl i said oh, okay watching yes the series as it plays out mm-hmm. you're like some of them look 14 and some of them look 30. <laughs> and I know it's some of it because of the facial hair, but right. some of you just like, my goodness, what mm-hmm. is going on? Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> shouldn't your mother tell you to get a haircut? <laughs> <laughs> your mama, what is your mama telling you? And aren't you listening? <laughs> If one guy, if one guy d- does it, then other guys are gonna buy in. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> it's just, I guess, how the team is uh, <laughs> coordinated. But before, before I let you go, I want to talk about this beer that you that uh, you're looking into, and in, that uh-huh. was distributed at Omaha. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, can you tell? Can you tell people what that beer is? The beer? Yes, ma'am. At uh, Omaha. I was trying to research (laughs) whether they had gotten political with the beer. Mm -hmm. I could not find out what distributor was with the beer. Uh So I did not know. (laughs) Uh, No worries. I just saw it here. I was like, I was like, I know Nebraska's big on beer. Well, Well, no, just because of you know, other things that have right. happened with mm-hmm. who's buying and what right. yes, type of beer. I was wondering what was being, yes, mm-hmm. even distributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not find that because I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of find that and be silly about that, right. but I could not find that. Dang, that would have been yes. a great... You, I know. This whole, you know, you've been fabulous. That would, that would be, that would be our topic on the cake. That would be nice. <laughs> yes. No. I tried hard, but hey, I couldn't hey, find an answer hey, for it. I, I, I appreciate you trying. Semi journalist. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you uh, knew how many hours I tried to research that. Hey, hey, I can give you this one. You're true to your work. You say you work five five jobs a day, then, hey, it's, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to, I'm seeing it right now. And so it's, it's all good. <laughs> but, but man, that game, it amazed me this season mm-hmm. how many high hits and how scores, high scores oh we had. And that's the deal. Mm-hmm. Last year with the winning of Ole Miss, mm-hmm. I can't quote, I don't know what kid quoted. It's not about the Grove, which is football and partying before the football game. I think. Okay, baseball and the series i think it's going to get as much attention mm-hmm. within the next couple years and mm-hmm. i'm real excited about that because i've been played softball since i was a kid i've been mm-hmm. a texas ranger fan don't be angry at me since i was a kid mm-hmm. I've, my name's been on the jobotron i've what? Yes, i've been also well for my birthday oh nice <laughs> So, yeah. You're a celebrity. I mean, if yeah. you're a celebrity right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Nolan Ryan in Milwaukee when he did his famous, uh, oh my you know, uh, you know, history, historical stuff and everything. Oh and yeah, just big old fan. Yes. Wow. So, that, yeah. this, this, that's impressive. Yeah. Wow. You've been around. That's fabulous. Well, and even, I guess, before you're trying to wrap it up, uh, Buzz Bissinger, who wrote Friday Night Lights, and I read even that article even uh, uh, in Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and then read the book and everything. Mm-hmm. I went Marketplace, had to do Quota Tape Sync, where he came in and <laughs> talked in uh, L.A. to Washington. Mm-hmm. And it was early in the morning. My boss said, I don't know who's coming in, just set it up because I was a freelancer with them at the time. Right. And so I would have brought the book in and had it signed. <laughs> and he's kind of condescending and was like, I'm like, well, what are you going to talk about today? You know, like mm-hmm. me, Chatty Kathy. And he said, we're going to talk about baseball. Well, I get right in his face. I'm like, mm-hmm. I love baseball. I've been to every California stadium except Oakland. I've been here. I've been here. I've been here. And he's like, I could tell he was like, I regretted saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but his book was about the confrontation or whatever, you know, between uh, St. Louis and the Cubs. And we're a family divided in my house because my mom loves Milwaukee oh my and my dad's a Cubs fan like nobody's business. So <laughs> there must be fights <laughs> going on in that household. <laughs> well, oh I think gosh. last July we were at, in Milwaukee uh-huh. for a Milwaukee Cubs thing, so Ooh. it was kind of interesting. And we were at the highest point that you can be in. Foul ball had come right up toward us and uh-huh. almost hit the guy selling beer to a man. And I'm right. like, I have never seen that. <laughs> 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 pretty awesome <laughs> and i even got a scottish boyfriend here in savannah before it became the bananas mm-hmm. i'm like baby this is the cheapest uh bar in the town mm-hmm. on these days on right. two for tuesday and mm-hmm. thirsty thursday we mm-hmm. have to go and so i even got mm-hmm. a scotsman into baseball so a there scotsman you have it <laughs> wow, that's, that, that is fabulous that is funny 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could talk to you a lot longer, but give my listeners um, your info, where they should find you at, and everything that you want to give them. Right now, the <laughs> it gets interesting because what I put out there on Twitter is not always what you always want to agree with, so love me and agree to disagree. On Twitter, you can find me at Audio Chick mm-hmm. or Audio Chic, Audio Chick without the K. I've been on there since 2009, we just found out. I'm also on that same <laughs> handle on Instagram, and okay. it's audiochick.net mm-hmm. without the K, of course, same type thing. Yes. Or right now, what's most uh, relevant is bluesdivas.buzzsprout.com. Nice. So, that is but, awesome. yeah, you can find, you know, my web designer is still working on things but i'm also on spotify so you can find me there and on spotify if you look at audio chick Mm -hmm. there is a uh just uh uh listening uh thing so you can listen to some blues content Mm -hmm. as well as just not a podcast you can just have a time drive and listen to some music okay that sounds good i would definitely go look at it and um all that stuff and maybe I gained my knowledge on blue stuff. I don't know about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different because it, Delta, Chicago, blah, 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 UK, that stuff. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Be open. It's another musical genre, genre that I'm, you know, I, well, not invested in, but like I have to listen to it and get the gist of it. And since this interview happened, I got to go listen to it now. So okay. So I will. <laughs> well, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan is from Austin, so you got to give it a go. That. You got to go by the station or the statue and everything else. So you know what? Take a picture by it. You know what? <laughs> if I'm ever in Austin, I will definitely go find it, and I will definitely get send you that picture. <laughs> okay. Just because I visited it. You told me to, so I have to go. I have to go off my word. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, guys, um, that's Aaron Scott, everyone. Thank you for coming in. And um, we will Sorry, see you. Sorry, like. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's always, it's always uh, time invested. You were here. I appreciate it. Uh, we, we will move forward. All right, guys, coming up next, we got some basketball stuff to talk about. The good and the bad of the NBA draft. We're coming back. It's, it's Fishbowl Radio.
Benjamin Franklin's. A couple of grams, I got rubber bands. My paper plane's making a dance. Get dirty, I'm at the spot of my heart. We building castles that's made out of heat. She's amazing, I'm fire blazing. Hotter than Cajun, girl, won't you move a little closer? Time to get paid, it's maximum wage. That body belong on a poster. I'm in the days, that bottom is waving at me like, damn it, I know you. You run the show like a gun out of Check this out. Our house is 
not a home. I hate this song. Is a house really a home when your loved ones is gone? Uh-huh. And niggas got the nerve to blame you for it. And you know you would have took the bullet if you saw right. it. But you felt it and still feel it. And money can't make up for it or conceal it. What you deal with, with and you keep ballin'. That's why right. some liquor play, boy, and we keep ballin'. Baby, we've been living in sin Cause we've been really in love But we've been living as friends So you've been a guest in your own home It's time to make your house your home Pick up the phone I'm coming home Welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie again. So shout out to Aaron Scott for coming on to this interview. A very fun, fun interview that they had. I, I encourage everyone to go look back at it and um, listen to our podcast and go from there. But, for, but next thing is the NBA draft. So it came and went. Uh, there's some good and bad things about it uh, that I saw that it took down. And we're going to talk about it. So let's get this bad thing first out of one thing. Okay. Let me talk about this situation. So I didn't write this down. I didn't have any clips for it. Everybody has a clip for it, all this stuff. This is my personal opinion. Okay. So Malika Andrews, once again, came out of the woodworks and said, Brandon, pulled up this man's history about Brandon Miller's history. It talked about his issue in college. And now on this show, we did talk about it. And I know at the time I said he shouldn't be playing basketball. Yes, absolutely. He shouldn't be playing basketball at all. But Malika, this man's going to the draft. It'll be smart enough that you don't bring that up. That man or his family does not want to hear what happened in college. Of course, they're trying to move on, but Unfortunately, you can't move on from this situation in, in my eyes. In my eyes, you don't want to move on from someone that died and, and that you assisted that situation. You didn't, he didn't remember. Brandon Miller did not kill anyone. He was assisted. He was, he assisted in that situation by, by, you know, you know the story. Go read back on it, all that stuff. But Malik, I just don't know how ESPN keeps her around. What is, what is, what value does she provide? Of course, she has the NBA today. That's that's good. It's not great. 
I, I mean, I listened to it. I, wa- I watched it, but I, I don't. It, it's starting to get annoying to me. Uh, uh, again, you're bringing down black men. You got to, like I said, something in your, somebody, some black man that you dated in the past did something wrong to you. And you're not going to address it. You're not going to address it. That's that's the bottom line. So why you got to bring this man in front of millions this this past history? If man's about to go to the NBA, make million dollars, he shouldn't be making millions, but he is. And you go after his history like that? That's the baddest thing. Like, ESPN needs to take a deep dive into what Malika Andrews provides. Okay, at least at some point, they got to take a deep dive over over <clears throat> over these payments over what she what she can she provide to the to to the uh, to to their franchise. ESPN is huge, but you're gonna turn those audience off if Malika again continues continues to bring up black men's bad behavior, even though they're doing something decent enough. To get it to to the, wherever they need to go. That's my spiel of the day. Now I'm not a big fan of NBA, NBA today. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm. They should. They should just scrap that show and allow. Every, and now first take to take over. Seriously. That's my personal opinion. I'm not a big fan. But anyways, let's let, let, let's get to the bad stuff. The more bad stuff first. All right. So. Hunter Tyson is the is the second round kid. He's going to he's going to, he dra- he was drafted by OKC. He's going to Denver. He averaged fifteen points a game, nine rebounds, forty eight percent shooting, forty eight percent forty eight percent from three. Uh, they gave him as a grade C grade. Uh, his grade was a C minus. Shout out to CBSSports.com and USA Today for this information. And so my question is. What role does Hunter Tyson play in the NBA? What what role does he play with the NBA? Was the was the Denver Nuggets? You have I have the roster here. You have outside of the players that we that the main players. You have on your bench. You have Christian Brown. You have Peyton Watson. You have Jack White. You have Connor Gillespie. And you have Zignaji, Vitalko Konshar, and that's it. Those are the younger guys that may be playing in the, in the, in their summer league to see what they can give, what they can provide. So now you're going to play on that team and try to figure out if you belong in Denver or not. I mean, again, Denver just won the championship. How, how come we're not talking about them more? And now they're going to the summer league. And the the players that I just mentioned are going to be playing along with Hunter Tyson. That's my question. That's why he gets a second. That's why he was in the second round. So, with that being said, what role is he going to come off the bench next season? Who knows? You never know. There's there's an, there's numerous one hit wonders in in the league today. It just depends on the quality of craft that you that that you. Um, that you provide. So, Hunter Tyson, what role do you play in? Now, those questions will be answered in the summer league. 
Seth Lundy is the is the Penn State kid. He was drafted by the Hawks at 46. He averaged 14.6 rebounds, 45, 45% shooting, 40% from the three-point range. They gave him as a grade C for the Atlanta Hawks drafting him. Um, I want to know where is he going to go in the summer league? Um, is he going to be again that trade again? Uh, the trade happened last last yesterday, where they sent John Collins to Utah for Rudy Gay and and draft picks. Normally, I don't talk about that on my show. I'm probably talk about that next week because uh, that'll be a free agency. But when you trade a guy like that. It does open up your office a little bit. Now you don't have to focus. Now you're focusing more on shooting instead of attacking the basket. Because John Collins said attack the basket. Seth London will not attack the basket. He will shoot the ball all day. That's I think that's what Atlanta. I think he fits the Atlanta's culture culture of shooting the ball from the outside. Trey Young is going to get to the basket, of course. Dejounte maybe at, at times, but it does open the floor up a little bit. Now, now people say, well, it opens cap space. I, I get that. But you got to look at the basketball sense of it opens up the space on the floor for Trey and DeJounte, maybe even Bogdan, Seth London can come in and provide a spark. Now, he takes over for Bogdan. When, he, when, his, when, when his rest is up, Bogdan is going to shoot the ball. Bogdan Borjanovic is going to shoot the ball all day long. His stamina is lacking. I'm, not, I'm talking about Bulldog's stamina. His stamina is lacking. He he can't stay on the court for more than 30 minutes. So that's why they take him out and they insert somebody else in. Atlanta lacked that shooting in the playoffs. They couldn't find it. And now you found a guy who, you know, could, could give you some upside in the summer league. Just depends uh, if he's going to come through or not. So Atlanta's got more work to do. From now till, to, till the season starts. All right. Marjorie King is the other one. He's from the G, G League at night. He was drafted by the Indiana Pacers in the second round. Nine points a game. 6-5, a bug 95C. He's a slasher. Um, he can fit with, with Indiana, Indiana, and well, Indiana runs as far as Rick Carlisle goes. Um, I, you know, I look at Indiana as a team. I, I don't know what they can provide. You know, normally when you see these teams, you know that they always have a superstar on that team and you know what type of team they're going through. I just don't see Indiana as that team. I just don't, I, Indiana is kind of awkward to me, even though they got a, a decent coach, Rick Carlisle, you know, that's a team that that is not that is not on the rise. That's a team on the downfall. That's a team that's not going to go anywhere for years to come. That's a team that's going to blow it up. If they don't, if, if they uh, they're they're way under five hundred, they got to blow it up. They got to trade some player players at some point. Because I just, I just don't see that team that franchise coming together. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Jalen Swanson is the other one. He's the last one on my list. No, actually, he's not the last one on my list. Um, he is from Furman. He was drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Six, 15.7 rebounds. They gave him as a C. Uh, he might be spending more. I had this. 
he might be spending more time eating in the G League or overseas. You got to remember, the Kings are coming off their first playoff appearance in 17 years. And you're trying to find that piece off your bench. So anytime someone gets drafted in the second round, they're not imme- they're not immediate starter unless something big happens, unless they make a bigger play, unless they play well to become a starter. They're drafting bench guys, and this is a bench guy. Um, I feel like, like I said, I feel like he's going to be in the G League or overseas. I think he's going to make his name out there. Um, coming from the college that that basically upsetted Virginia in, in, in this year's tournament, that's how he was able to make a name for himself. That's why he was able to get drafted. Um, Sacramento has that office, but I don't think he fits on this team. Let's let's get to the last one. Chris Livingston, Kentucky. He's drafted by Milwaukee. Six points, forty percent field field goals, 31% from the three. Uh, that's worse. Um, they gave him as a grade C. So these are all C grades. There was no D or F grades that they provided. It was more a C, C, B, C, A, C, A, B, C grades. What I gave y'all was C grades, and this was a major C grade. I just don't see where he fits in this league at all. I just, I just don't see it, period. I mean, I could be wrong. Like, I could be wrong of all these second-round players, but I just don't see where he fits and in, was in, in, in the Milwaukee Bucks. I can compare him to Jay Crowder, but maybe they want to resign Jay Crowder. Who knows? I don't know. But at the same time, um, I'm not going to disrespect the kid. I think he's going to do well. And, you know, it's just it just determines what, where you want to go. Now, this is this is overdue. This is overdue. So the undrafted free players, Travion Smith, he was the guy when he went to North Carolina State. He was the guy that was debating on whether to go to the NBA or stay in college. NBA stay in college. He did that for the last two seasons, and unfortunately, he did not get drafted. But he got picked up by the Seventy Sixers. So that's I guess that's good, you know. Uh, Mike Miles. Was another one that got undrafted. Remember, I had him. They had him going to the Lakers two to three weeks ago. Remember that? Uh, how and now he's looking for a team, and now he's he was and now he's signed by the Mavericks on a two way contract. So I don't know where I don't know why the Mavericks went there, but you know it is what it is. Um, so you just got to see what happens. Now, my my other thing is the end of the air for big man. Rest in peace to the big man, to the big man style out there. There will be no, there will be a never, and there obviously there's no, there's not another Shaq, there's not another MB, there's not another Jokic. This is the last year for it. I'm no Sonago. He was signed by Chicago on a two-way. Which I was surprised he wasn't drafted. He was signed by Indiana. And then Drew Timmy was was uh he was signed by Milwaukee. I don't know, signed or on their Milwaukee Bucks staff. So there's no back to, but there's no behind there's no back to the basket type of guys in this league anymore. So that's why it's over. 
you're gonna get a lot of guys shooting a lot of jump shots. That's that's what it is. That's all. That's all it's gonna be. And they ask you, and and these teams ask you to go defend Jokic and Embiid. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> or maybe even Giannis. <laughs> like like where 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 well, like you had to play zone to throw off those those guys rhythm. Or find, or, or, or do some upper body strength. Or that player's gotta do upper body strength to be able to keep up with Jokic and in, Jokic and Embiid. Like, come on, man. Maybe in the next 10, 10 to 15 years we'll see another big man, but it ain't gonna happen right now. So, I'm just gonna leave it at that. But my two others is Jabari Rice. Sir Jabari Rice, he was from Texas. He he was ranked nine on my list, so actually seven on my list. He was signed by San Antonio on two way, which I don't know how that makes any sense, but you know, like I said, these are all G League, um, summer league guys. So so by next week we'll learn more about them. Jordan Marker is my last and final one. Um. He was, I watched a lot of him at UAB. He tortured us. And I'm a UNT guy. He tortured us at all. And he, and he couldn't, and you know, he couldn't miss. I wasn't surprised he wasn't drafted because of his statue, but the Mavericks picked him up. Just got to make a name in the summer league. So we'll see what happens. But let's get to my good stuff, guys. I want to get to my uh, good stuff about the Spurs, okay? Victor Wambiyama, um, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Uh, he was, you know, number one pick. I just don't want him to get too big headed. I want him to focus on basketball. Uh, I want him to focus on the summer league. And Spurs fans, we have to relax. All this treatment that he's getting right now. Is good, but don't give it too much because remember he's 19 years old, and this day and age, 19 year, 19, 20 year old, 20 year old, they can fall into that and not care about the game anymore, and not go practice, not go to practice, not do the, the, the do in the intangible things to make themselves better. Now, yes, open the red carpet for him, absolutely, but don't get too big headed. We just got to see him play first. I want to see that. And I am tired of seeing the Spurs, the Spurs fed Facebook pages, you know, talking about these stupid ass scenarios about trades, about uh, where Victor should play on the court. I said the five. If you, if you talk about it, he's seven five. I, I know he's not going to, I know he's not going to, um, um, Dominate the big man, the big man. So he's gonna dominate with his height, but he's not gonna dominate with, with his mind. Jokic and B dominate with their, with, with their mind and skill set, overall skill set. I'm not saying Victor doesn't have a skill set. Victor has a skill set at all. He, he does. But at the same time, I want him to play at the five. That's what, because the Spurs are gonna roll out. I think that's their lineup. That's what they're gonna roll out. But, listen. We're not trading anyone at all. 
Stop bringing up these, stop copying these ridiculous scenarios from where you got your resources from and just look at re- reality. Cause some of it's laughable. I mean, I, I can't even tell you, you know, they, they talk about Kelvin Johnson getting traded. They talk about, um, Trey Jones. And I'm like, none of those guys are going anywhere at all. Even though I, even though I saw Doug McDermott's name on there. None of those guys are going anywhere, guys. We got to keep the same team we have right now. And Victor's the main piece of it. And I want to play a clip from the draft night that Victor is very humble about being on the Spurs and he's ready to play, to play, to lead us. He's ready. He's ready to make us win again. Let's play that clip. Victor, bienvenue a la NBA. Gracias. Tell me what this emotion, tell me about these tears. It's just accomplishing something that I've been dreaming of, you know, my whole life. Hearing that that sentence from Adam Silver, you know, I've dreamed of it so so much that, you know, I, I got to cry, man. Eve, Oscar, Victor's siblings, there were tears for you guys. What has it been like watching your brother in this pursuit? That's amazing. We're all so proud. We're very happy for you. We are happy for the family, for the friends, for everything, for the basketball. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that I was, I was gonna tear in, uh, gonna have tears because uh, every time I thought of uh, the this sentence, like uh, with the first pick and everything, I got these little tears in my eyes, and I knew that I wasn't gonna let let them in the, in my eyes. Yeah, that's crazy. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Victor, I do have to ask you, though. You have been labeled generational talent. So many people are thrilled about your potential in the NBA. And you have said that you don't feel pressure because it's just basketball. How do you begin to leave your mark on this league? You know, I'm a... I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough league. It's tough to win to win this league, you know. Many players have tried to win for, for, for years, for decades, and haven't made it, so... My goal is I'm going to try and learn as quick as possible because I want to win that ring. Well, you are going to a storied organization in the San Antonio Spurs. I'm a a damn Spurs. You are a Spurs. Speaking of the Spurs, your teammate, Jeremy Sohan, is here to welcome you. I've been waiting for this for so long. Okay, we're good. All right. So you heard from Victor. I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm glad he's a Spur. but at the same time, I don't want us to get big hit. I want him to be on the court and lead us to victories. Okay, maybe even possible a championship. Who knows? Time will tell. But let's hear from Pop. Pop has some 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 incredible things. I want y'all to listen closely of what Pop has said about Victor. Let's play that clip, please. It begins, huh? Uh, in a variety, on a variety of levels. You know, one is O's and X's in the game. The rules are a little bit different, obviously, than FIBA. You'll have to get used to that. Uh, because of all the hype, he'll have a target on his back. So more than O's and X's to begin with, we'll be most interested in setting a framework uh, and an environment where he's comfortable, where he can be victor, 
Uh, he's not LeBron or Tim or Kobe or anybody else. He's Victor, and that's who we want him to be. Uh, so we'll do what we've done in the past uh, with with every player. We'll observe. Uh, we'll be there uh, to counsel, to suggest, uh, to answer questions, uh, be available as they matriculate into a team, into a city, into a home, uh, you know, where they're going to eat their meals, who's going to make their meals. Uh, every facet of an existence, just like each of us has an existence, uh, will be very observant. But there's nothing in stone where we're going to already say this is the way it's going to be. Uh, people asked with Tim Duncan, what, what do you think he needs? What are you going to do? I said, I have no idea. Uh, we're going to get him on the court, and we're going to see him play, uh, and we'll go from there. But uh, as far as being overly, you know, helicopter-like, uh, that's not a good way to start. Coach uh, Alex Sabario, KRGV. Uh, over the last month, the organization couldn't speak publicly that they were going to draft Wemby. The media's all talked about it, and everyone in the in the basketball world has talked about it, but the Spurs can't talk about it until now. How would you assess, from a coaching perspective, Wemby's game, how he fits into the pantheon of the Spurs that have, you've coached over the years, and just uh, how excited you are to, to coach him? Uh, I don't compare players, so uh, that'll, that'll never happen. As I just said, he's Victor. And that's who I want him to be, and that's who myself and our staff will coach. And, uh, of course, anybody would be excited about getting the number one pick in a draft. So uh, I'm very excited. You don't want me to jump up and down, do you? Put on a show for you? I guess I'm just curious. I'd do a somersault, but I'd be out for three months. Uh, Matthew Tynan with Corporate Knowledge. Uh, you talked about framework. You talked about Did you steal that from us? Okay. So, appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I want Victor to enjoy his time in San Antonio, with that being said. And not let the fans or these people that I see on Facebook make scenario, stupid scenario decisions. All right, so I'm anxious to see him in, in the summer league. Um, let's not forget about the Spurs. About let's not forget about C D Seiko. He's the G G League Unite guy. He's going to be playing in summer league too. He's the one that was drafted in the second round as well. So don't forget about him. He could provide some lesson on this team. We'll see. And his first game is on July the third. We'll talk about that next week. All right, so let's get into some Mavs talk. Uh, Mavs drafted Derek Lively with the number 12 pick, but they got traded to the Mavs for the 10th pick. The 10th pick was Casey Wallace, which I I mentioned. I said Derek Lively is going to be on this team, and he is. Now. My expectation is, I told people, he should play in the G League starting off. 
I think this team has has you know start enough. Start enough. If he doesn't go to the G League right away, I do think it'll, it'll lean towards that because he's got to be athletically built, and I mean athletic build by like strength, upper body strength. Put some muscle on your body. You know the man only averaged five points a game. He's not no score. He just blocks shots. He's younger than JaVel McGee, and so. With that being said, it does work out on this team. The Mavericks hit it on all circles around. So I like this pick. I like how I I, I'm, I was right on this pick, and I told people I was right. Let's go to the next one. Oliver Maxine Prosper. He's 6'8", Marquette. He averaged 13 points a game. Four million. He's this Mavs Dorian Finney-Smith. And you know what? And you know the Mavericks had to make up for that, right? They had to get someone that was Dorian Finney-Smith statue, and this guy fits that mold. So, with those two guys, I want to see where what their ceiling is in the summer league, what I, what role they're going to play as far as being on the actual team. Not necessarily help Luca as being that second star, because we already know the other star could be Kyrie, could be some somebody. But the Mavericks hit it hard in the draft, and I and I and I like the fact they were there able to bounce back from their mistakes. Now rotational issues, Jason Kidd, is up to you now. Ball is in your court. The Mavs, I think the Mavs organization did everything in this draft. Was it worth tanking for? Probably not. I don't think. As till still to this day, it, it wasn't worth losing those games, sending those players out. It wasn't worth it at all. But. I get I but at the same time they hit it hard in the draft. My last and final one is Houston. I'm man Thompson. And I you know, I didn't I don't watch these guys play all, all the time because you know there's other NBA stuff I want to talk about I I seen before. So I'm man Thompson six seven. He averaged sixteen points again in the overtime elite league. He creates prize scoring. To a team that that they got a lot of problems in our organization, they got a lot of shooting problems. It fits that more because they need shooting. They just have a lot of flat, slasher, flasher guys. Ime Gudoka's guys work cut out for him, and I'm glad they they hit it hard in in this draft as well. Another guy that can that can shoot is Can is Can Whitmore. Can Whitmore averaged 13 points a game. He's six seven. He was drafted by number well, by Houston was a number twenty pick. He waited a long time for this. You know, many people haven't have them have them him in the top tw- ten, and I think I don't know what happened, but you know, maybe maybe they maybe those teams don't fit where where he's supposed to be. And I do think those guys fit. I mean, Thompson and Cam Whitmore they fit on this team because Houston has lacked shooting for the last two seasons. Which is why they're, they have won less than, less than 30 games. But he may can change that. And as long as these guys can, can stick to the plan and stay with it, it's going to work. And I'm anxious to see the summer league and see what happens. See, see how to evaluate everyone's game and see where they, see if they're going to make the actual roster or not. But we'll talk about that. And another in in the next episode. Well, actually, you know what? We'll talk about that in another episode. All right, guys. 
Uh, that is my good and bad of the draft. Overall, it was a decent, it was a good draft. Um, I'm, uh, the first round, the second round wasn't that bad as well. Um, so now we just got to put the pieces together in the summer league. The summer league, like I said, starts next week, starts July the 3rd, and there's going to be a bunch of teams playing out there, and it's, and it's only 10 days. So uh, let's get get ourselves ready to go watch summer league basketball and see where these guys go. All right, so coming up next, let's talk about some WMA storylines that's happened over the last few days, and we'll wrap it up from there. It's Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game.
Around this bitch and hang. Ooh. And I fucked your baby mama, mama, and I ain't say a thing. She just came outside in 2020, pull up in that 21. I pick my size, which is fully, and I'm a doctor 21. I got plenty cars, I hit plenty stars, and then it come. I said it plenty times, I pay for bodies, I ain't pay for none. You think I'm finna leave my bitch for you? She fucked you too. I know that Vaughn hit her, she put up on my block and Jimmy Choo. Schmirt. Are you playing, reaching the game, losing hand, where you stand, where was Shay at, where was them at, where you done that, where you live at, another headline, where you had at, nigga go home, where your kids at, they be on my nerve, they be on my nerve, mm-hmm. when we lost Verge, I was on the verge, mm-hmm. I just hit the Louis store, had the spurs, mm-hmm. we just made a silent movie with no words, mm-hmm. guess who topping now, uh, God get me now, uh, guess who at Balenciaga, guess who shopping now, uh, Stop me now, uh, I've been popping now, uh, Cardi, where your sister at? I need Henny now, mm-hmm. I flew in and out, 150,000, mm-hmm. now even when they shout, gotta shout me out, so ahead, go ahead, mm-hmm. now ain't even close, all of y'all is number two. Fishball Radio, and yeah, so so we're back. I talk, we're talking about some WNBA stuff over the last few days. Um, I'm not a big fan of Vanessa Nygaard. I don't know why they thanked her for for what. Like, did you lead a team to a championship? Did you lead the team to? <laughs> did you lead the team to a second round of the playoffs? Did player did players respect you? Stuff like that. No, 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 no. Excuse me. I can't thank her for this. She tore the team down. She didn't care. You can read people's body language, but how they show it. Remember those games, the last, I think the last five or six games that she sat on the bench and not directing things on the court. A normal coach stands up and, and gives out plays on the court. This woman did, didn't, did nothing. She already knew the writing on the wall. That she was going to be let go. And 
then on on Sunday it happened. Now normally, I don't want people to lose their job at all. I'm a big fan of people having you know success. I'm I'm motivated by people having success. I knew this crap wasn't going to work out because you got to remember, Diane Taurasi is on her last leg. She's 41 years old. She wants to win, and I, I and I can remember a, a press conference that she did. I can remember her saying, "We just got to trust the process. We got to be patient." Now, like Tarasi, you don't believe that. You don't believe that because you won a championship with the Mercury, like three of them. You are the face of the franchise. You don't believe that at all, at all. Period. I'm calling cap on that. Like you want to win now. Before time is up. In this case, she can play another three to three or four more years and all I care. But I know that she, that's not her messaging. But it needed a change. It needed a spark. Let me give you another one. Brittany Griner. We can't, you know, I'm glad she's back in the U.S. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. That's the final thing I'm going to say. The very final thing I'm going to say. Because it feels like we're going, we're saying this every single minute that Brittany Griner steps on the court, and which, don't get me wrong, I love it. But at the same time, she wants to play basketball. She misses the, the grind of playing. Period. Like, we're not on, on, on a celebrational tour. Brittany Griner is not, not known for that. We're not doing that at all. What the Mercury are going to do, what the Mercury are going to do, they're going to go into your home and win games. Then they don't care about no celebrations of Brittany Grimes. Or this is not that tour. This is what, this, this is the season to win games. This is the season to get to the postseason. Then that way you keep your coach's job. And unfortunately, the vibe was off. It was down. A lot of down faces. You didn't know what the Mercury were running on offense. They got blown by 20 twice in the last five days. Like their defensive finishes, they gave up 100 points a game. We don't know what. Like you got to have an identity on this team, and the Mercury do not have that right now. Maybe they have it tonight. But if they have it tonight, then it's going to translate throughout the whole entire season. You can hear me, right? Yes. Okay. So, with that being said, change needs to be made to change the mood of the players. I, like I said, I went there. No, I didn't play for the Mercury, but I, I've been in their shoes, and I can know the type of energy that these that these players have. You go into every practice. You got to deal with the same crap every single day, and it translates to the game. That's no different. Now, Nikki Blue comes in. Nikki Blue comes in. Former WNBA player. Yes. Finally, we have a player coach. It tends to work out well because you know the coach, the player coach knows. Former player turned to coach knows how the body feels, how these players are going through, knows that stuff, especially on the professional level. I feel like reading the information from Nikki Bloom, uh, 
knowing about her, I don't know her personally, just reading her stuff, she's going to do a great job. I do honestly believe she's going to do a great job. Um, she, 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 she you know, it, it just depends on what happens tonight. And they're playing against Dallas at, in Phoenix, which I want to talk about the wings in a second, but this, this may work out. This may work out. I, I just don't know what type it is, but this may work out. But she was drafted by the Mystics. She got in 2006. She was, she was traded to the New York Liberty, and that was her career. But she spent 14 years as an assistant coach at numerous colleges, including the, um, including the Mercury. And now she's here, and now it's her time. How do the players respond? What's the identity? Does Skyler come back even? And Skyler has been out for a while due to maternity leave. But I did see video of her in the gym getting shots up. So we'll see what happens. Maybe she comes back this season, maybe the next. But, you know, like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know the maternity stuff because obviously I'm a man. So I don't know that type of thing. I don't know the timeline you're supposed to come back. You can be like a Derek, Derika Hamby and did that situation where she got pregnant. I think she, she, she had the baby. She has the baby. She had the baby in March, but came back in May to get ready for training camp to play basketball. She's playing well, but you can take that route or I don't, I don't know. It's up to Skyler. So she got to see, see what happens tonight. And tonight will, will give us a chance to see what Nikki Blue can do in this league. So, let's get to my other one. Let's go to uh, Aaliyah Boston. Aaliyah Boston is my, my favorite for the MVP. Hands down. Now, if they won, not my favorite, but if they won 10 games, which right now the Fever can do, instead of their records like 5-8, and eight, or, well, actually 5-9 and nine after last night's loss, uh, then... You could say that Leah Boss is the runaway for the MVP. But she's definitely runaway for the record of the year, hands down. Like, this woman could be the second, second low post player in the game. First is Asia Wilson. So, Leah Boston, I wasn't, it wasn't a surprise to me that she got the nod, the first nod for the WNBA All-Star game as a starter for the first time ever. And so, with that being said, she's my spotlight player in the month, and I think we're going to do this more often. So, as mo- as many times I watch it as as, as I watch WNBA, I'm going to do a spotlight player for the month that we're going to talk about. I'm going to give you all some insights on it, and I'm going to give you some insights on Leah Boston. She went to South Carolina for four seasons. She played under Don Staley, won a championship. And um, won a lot of awards. There's, there's a lot to, to count, but she is that she is that player. And what she's doing right now in the WNBA does not surprise me at all. She just needed to, she just needed to find a team that that she could be a part of, be the face of. And I think she's she is the face of the Indiana Fever. Now, let me say this: South Carolina. 
fits Boston well, but South Carolina is more of a guard heavy team. You know, obviously you got Zaire, you had Zaire Cook, you had Destiny Henderson in, in years past, but they're guard heavy on that team. And that's what Dante is going to do, going to love. She loves guard heavy players. It's not a bad thing, but it just didn't fit Boston style in the last year of being in South Carolina. So that's why she's translated that says to the WNBA. And she's the runaway for the rookie of the year. I don't know what other rookie is doing well, but definitely for the rookie. I mean, if they won more games, if they finish games down the stretch with the Indiana Fever, they have problems doing, then, then it, then it turns into a 10 or 11 win record. Then you can, then you can add a Christy Close as for the, uh, WNBA coach of the year. She took a franchise from five to ten to double digit wins. She can still do that because we got a long way to go. But you just got to finish those games down the stretch. You got to get put the ball in the hands of where the ball needs to go to. And right now they don't have that closer. So we're about to finish up June, and hopefully they'll find that closer after after this month. Now my last and final point is this one, the Dallas Wings, which I may be going to a game soon. <sighs> they they are 6-8. and eight. They got beaten by the Sparks three times in the last 11 days. And I watched all three of them, by the way. The team has been inconsistent. <sighs> let, me, let me retract that, and then I'll tell you what's going to happen moving forward, what I want to happen moving forward. You got Arike, you got Sante, Santu, who, who, who is, who is my favorite for most improved. You got Terry McLaughlin, who just, who just came back into the lineup, came back from playing overseas. You got Natasha Howard, you got, um, Crystal Dangerfield. You got all these players, but you can't, you can't find a team that mushes together. Everyone's playing one way they're playing isolate a lot of isolation stuff. Arika easily is, is is good at isolation stuff, easily. Santu Sabali is not. Santu Sabali is more of a team environment lady, where she's she's going to shoot it on rhythm. So she has her hands ready and ready to shoot the ball on rhythm. Whether there's three or four passes passing around the court, she's going to make those shots. But I feel like. They need to get the ball out of Rika's hands and put it in more of Santu's hands a lot more. I feel like Santu can beat her matchup one-on-one. Now, that, that's depending on every game. This Sparks game, they went away from it. When Santu played well, they went away from Santu. They focused on more of Rika and, and others as well. And other players did not produce, which is why you got beat by the Sparks three times in the last 11, game, in 11 days. The Sparks shouldn't be that great, good. They're not that good on paper. They're not good on that court, even. Dallas Wings are, they're fabulous. But at the same time, their six and eight records not gonna ride with me. The first year coach has not done a great job, first of all. And I'm saying that hands down. I'm saying that because I feel like she can do a lot more. Put the ball in the right player's hands. That's the problem. 
you put the ball in the right player's hands, then everything's fine. Every, everybody can play off that player. If we're playing off Enrique, I'm not saying Enrique is a bad player or a bad person, but Enrique is not that team environment girl. She can lead a team. She can get her own. She can get her points. But it's about team. It's about where Santu's going to get her shots. It's where Natasha Howard's going to get her shots. Terry McLaren, uh is find out where Maddie, Maddie Cleary plays on the court, even. And I throw that name out because I feel like that's another piece to the puzzle that this Wings team is missing. They're missing Maddie Cleary's offense. And her rotational minutes is not, it's killing her. It's killing her because she's not feeling comfortable on the court. I know she's a rookie, all that stuff. I get it. But at the same time, I do think that if she were to be on the court, she can make stuff happen. Increase her minutes at some point. But moving forward, what needs to happen is the the wings need to toughen up defensively. You can't continue to give teams chance after chance after chance. You had the Sparks up by 15, well, actually, up by double digits twice in the last two games when you played the Sparks. Twice. And you're telling me that you gave them that lead and it turned into a loss? That's what bothers me. I don't like when teams are up by 17, uh, up by 10, 10 plus points. And then just give it up. Finish the deal. Like I said, put the ball in the right hands. If Enrique's not shooting well, put it in Santu's hands. Santu's hands, if, if Santu's not shooting well, we're screwed. This is just easy knowledge that the coach should, 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 should take a deep dive in. And on that last possession, that on um, that Friday night possession with the Sparks, I'm not talking about Sunday. Sunday's long gone. I'm talking about the Friday possession. Why didn't you call timeout? You had two of them. Call, use them. Call something. Run something. Put the ball in the right hands. And then you, then you possibly win. It's called execution, folks. It's called execution. You're worried about the replays. You're worried about fouls not being called. Why don't you call a timeout? And this is how the Wings are struggling right now. They're supposed to be better than this. This team is supposed to be 12 and, and, and 2, but they're not. This is why I get excited about the WNBA. We can talk about stuff like this. And we, we, we turn into a, a learning lesson, a learning tool. They have to learn from this. Of course, yes, it's early. I get it. But we got to finish games. You cannot be beaten by the same thing in three, that in 11 days. You can't. I, you can't. I'm not, that's unacceptable to me. You can't. I'm sorry. But I'll be going to a game soon and We'll see what happens. And, and I may, you know, get, get a player on this show, get a coach, get one of the announcers who, by the way, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not going to call her out on this podcast. She's been looking at my posts on, uh, on social media that I always do every, every week. I, that, that I always send to you guys. I'm doing it every week ever since I first started, like, which is last year. So I've been doing that every single week. She's been looking at it. I, I, I even tried to get her on and she ignored me at the time. So let's see what happens in this round two because she'll see me in person and we'll, and I'll, I'll try to, we'll see what happens. Oh man, that was a lot. But anyways, guys, hey, we, this WNBA stuff is, is getting hotter by the minute. It's getting hotter by the day. You just gotta, you know, be invested in it, you know? The play last night that I saw, the game that I, last night that I saw, that told me it's getting a lot better. By the days, the weeks, the months that we have. And we're going to be here talking about it. Along with the NBA Summer League, that's going to go on in July. So NBA Summer League, we'll talk about. We're, we're going to throw in some college football, some NFL stuff, if the, if one comes available. Some World Cup stuff. And, and NBA free agency. That's the next one we're going to talk about. Alright guys. That's it for our show today. Thank you to the great Aaron Scott. I'm going to put her, I'm going to put her socials on my page so that people can go follow her. Go, um, yeah, she, that people go follow her. Go, you know, learn the blues from her. She has an awesome podcast, awesome following. Um, go listen to her uh, when you can. Uh, do want to thank her a lot for coming on. But next week, um, I, my man Angelo said we're, we weren't, we're, we're not going to be in the studio, but we're going to figure out a way to do this podcast next week because I want to get my free agent stuff coming in because that starts Friday. Also, the first leg of the summer league, we're going to get that in as well. And also, let's... Let's talk about those Texas Longhorns college football. So let's talk about the season preview, the 2023 season preview for the Texas Longhorns. I never done this before, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what y'all think about my preview of the Texas Longhorns. We previewed North Texas last week. Thus transition and preview the Texas Longhorns next week. So with that being said, thank you to Angelo again for running the board. Thank you to Sammy. And for me, my name is Jamie. I'm Beyond the Game Podcast. We will see you all next week, and I'll give you some updates and times where we're going to be. Hey, world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie Agenti Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and see your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie Agenti Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.